awesome message uh, to, to speak tonight. I automatically thought, well, maybe I'll go back to what I talked about about a month ago. There was more that I wanted to talk about that night. Uh, I spoke about sin and prospering the church and how we can overcome sin and how grace and mercy is, is sometimes abused, but how we need to keep sin out of the church. And I thought, well, giving and prayer were the, were the next things I wanted to talk about with prospering the church. So when I went into prayer last night, thinking that that's what I would continue to, to speak about and, and just continue on with, God laid something tremendously on my heart and, and just changed that. And I thought, well, Lord, I don't see this as a Wednesday night Bible study. I'm not sure what it is, if, it, if it's a testimony or part of a Bible study or an evangelistic message, what is it? So I'm not sure that this is what you're giving me or, or wanting me to speak tonight, but he, he kept putting it on my heart and, and, and just kept speaking it to me loud and clear. And I thought, well, maybe this is just for me. Maybe it's not for the congregation or for the church, but he kept putting it on my heart and, and kept speaking it to me. So I'm going to be obedient to that tonight. And, and that's what we're going to speak about. And I'm going to speak about tonight. And we'll get to some scripture in a few minutes. Um, but I, I first want to just start by saying when I did go into to prayer last night, like so many of us, I went in with everything that's going on in, in this world and, and all the confusion and all the heaviness that we see, the political parties telling us who we should like, who we shouldn't like, pitting us against one another. Pastor spoke so well about that a few weeks ago. And I just went in a prayer with all this on my mind. And if you're like me, that can cause a lot of anxiety and put anxiety on our hearts and on our minds with everything that's going on, with the violence in our country, the violence worldwide, and on top of our daily struggles, our daily trials, the heaviness of our jobs and our families and what everybody's going through. So I went into prayer with that on my mind. And that's where I just started seeking God and just thanking God and thanking him for what he's done. And thank you, Brother Andrew. I'm going to go into the message now without, without the scripture just yet. But I went into the prayer with this on my mind and on my heart. And, and this is when God started to lay this on me. I was just being thankful and thanking him for the blessings that he's given us and given me and given our family. But this, this feeling overtook me of, of thankfulness that he kept me, that he kept me when, when I didn't know where to go or what to do. He kept me, that he kept me when I was making wrong decisions. It was he that kept me. And I just started having this overwhelming gratitude that he kept me. And if there's going to be a title tonight, that's what it would be. It would be God kept me. So I just started thinking about this and all the things in my life, how when I was making bad decisions, he still kept me. And when I didn't know what way to go, he kept me. When I didn't know what the answer was, he kept me. When I, I didn't know how my finances were going to work out, he kept me. And it was God that kept me. It wasn't me. And sometimes we think, well, I can control this. And we look back at things and think, well, that's me or, or I did that. But it's always been God that's kept me. It's always been God that's kept us. We can't keep ourselves. The enemy's too powerful against us in the flesh to stand up and say, well, I did this or I did that. God kept me. It was him that kept me. So all the decisions, and I just started thinking about the things that, that he had protected me from. And again, when I was going in the wrong place, in the wrong, 
the, the, the decisions were being made. The wrong directions were being, were being going. And he kept me. Not me. He kept me. So I just started thanking God for that. For keeping me, Lord. Thank you for keeping me, Jesus. Because if it was up to me, where would I be? What would I have done? What mess would my life be in if he didn't keep me? So it's God that keeps us. I can't make those decisions. So when we've got people in our, and that we're praying for, people that are in our hearts and we're constantly talking to and trying to encourage and trying to tell them to go this way or that way, prayer is what we have because we're not going to be able to keep them. It's not us that's going to be able to put them in the right place. They may not be ready, but we can be assured that God is still keeping them. Right now, we think back to times when you didn't, you weren't doing the right things and you weren't doing, making the right decisions. Who kept you? It was God. Somebody could have told you and given you advice or told you, well, you need God. You need to come to church. You need to be at the altar. But you weren't listening to them. You were still caught up in your own mind. It was only God that could speak to our hearts. Only God that can speak to our minds. And it's God that's keeping them. And you can be assured that God is keeping them right now. So don't hang on the fact that you have to save them. You have to, to bring them through. You have to teach them and talk them through. Pray for them. It was a praying mother and a Holy Ghost inside me, albeit that was smothered down from a childhood and from leaving God. That's what kept me. God kept me. So keep them in prayer. and Don't be discouraged when you think, well, it's not working. They're not coming to. They're not coming, coming back to God. I see them falling every day. I see them struggling. Maybe God has them at that point. But you can be assured that he's keeping them. Saturday morning, we talked in prayer. Brother Waver gave a testimony of his brother, who he had been praying for for years. Said he was stubborn and wanted to go his own way and live his own life and do his own things. And he said he had got to a point where he was just like, well, he's gone. He's lost. What can you do? But he kept praying. And he kept praying. And he said recently, he called him and said, I got the Holy Ghost. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And he doesn't have a job right now, but he's content. And his testimony was, that's all right, because I know God is doing something in my life. I know God has got me, and God is doing something. So he's content, and he knows that God is keeping him. And it, you can only say to yourself, if your brother waver, well, it wasn't me that did it. It was my prayers. Sure, I kept him in prayer, but God knew the right time. God knew the right place. God knew when, God knew how, and God knew why. And with all the things that he was doing, God kept him at those times when, when maybe we see somebody and we say, well, they're doing the wrong things. They're a mess. They're never going to make it. They're the ones that we see up here at the altars all of a sudden, changing their lives and God filling them and taking them out and giving them testimonies to other people. I'm thankful tonight that God kept me because I didn't keep me. I never kept me. When I was making those decisions, when I was living that sinful life, God still kept me. He didn't have to do it, but he did. I didn't even know he was doing it, but God kept me. I was doing the wrong things. Bad things were happening because of it. I was on the wrong path, but God kept me. And he uses all the things that the enemy will use for bad, he uses for good. And I see how he steered me in my life and where he brought me and how he's blessing me and blessing those things and how he kept me through that. And I couldn't help but think also the other day, Saturday, we took London to the, the museum and only the Children's Center is open, but we were there and 
when we left, my, the place that I lived for a number of years during college and everything with some friends was just up the street by Music Hall. So we drove by, and driving by the house, there was just an initial thought of, wow, what a lot, you know, what a lot of fun that was, how much fun that was when I was there. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost checked me, and, and I just realized I was miserable. I was a miserable person. Sin was fun for about a half a season. It wasn't even a whole season. It was such a short time that it was fun. But my flesh automatically just thinks, oh, wasn't that fun? It doesn't remember how miserable I was. So many nights I remember sitting there thinking as my friends were partying or we were partying, whatever was going on, and I was miserable. But I felt trapped because I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know what to do. The Holy Ghost was telling me what to do. The prayers for me from people that were still at this church that had remembered me, my parents, my mom, those prayers were going forth, but I didn't even know exactly. But I knew I was miserable, and I knew where I belonged, but I couldn't figure out how to get back there, even though it was such a simple thing. But God was keeping me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for keeping me. Can anybody be thankful tonight for when God kept you? Can we thank him right now for when God kept you? Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God that he kept me. But I thought and I realized it was God that kept me. It wasn't me. And, and that was initially exactly what I thought. How much fun was this? And then the Holy Ghost said, no, it wasn't fun. You were miserable. You were lost. But the enemy wanted to trick me then and wants to trick us now into thinking, well, that's fun. So if you're ever tempted into thinking about going back or you run across an old friend or somebody that's been a part of your life when you were in sin and you think, well, that was fun. And I don't know, I'm not on fire anymore. Maybe something's happened in my life. Think about how miserable you were, but how God kept you and how God saved you and brought you out of that. Remember who kept you, that it wasn't us that did it. It's not us that keeps us. It's not us that protects us. I, I remember plenty of times where I could have died. I remember driving up Clough Pike. A lot of you may know where it is. And I was going, I don't even know what speed, but no way I should have, I should have not wrecked severely. And when I think about that, I cringe sometimes because I could have died so easily, but God kept me. And there's so many other times that I can think about during that time of my life when I was making such bad decisions that I could have died or could have ended up in a bad place, never able to come back from it. But God kept me. I didn't keep me. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. But he kept me. He's our only chance. He's our only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's all in him. It's all in Jesus Christ. He will keep you. And I started thinking in prayer about the times when, even when I was serving him and when I was a child and when I could have died, but he kept me. I know at seven years old, getting Rye syndrome, which at that point in time was very rare. They didn't even really know what it was. And I went to the doctor and they sent me straight to Children's. And there I am, immediately admitted and in intensive care for two weeks or so. And on the verge of death, they said, you were hours away uh, from dying. And our church was praying. And people of God were praying. And God kept me. Doctors came in and said, we don't even know exactly how, how to treat it. We don't exactly know what to do. 
And I remember getting a liver biopsy and a spinal tap. And I think of Logan Brinson, who went through spinal taps almost every week and how painful that was. And how I didn't know and how I, my mom cries to this day when she talks about it. And I looked at her and said, Mom, am I going to die? Seven years old, not understanding even what that meant. But asking that question. It was God that kept me. It was God that kept me. It's God that kept you. It's God that's keeping your loved ones that aren't serving him right now. It's God that's keeping your family members and your coworkers and the people that you love that may not be here tonight, but that will be here in a year or two years. As long as God tarries, he's keeping them. And you can have faith that he will be, they will be here. Keep praying for them. I remember in high school, in the back of my friend's pickup on the way home, his dad, for whatever crazy reason, he had one of these huge jacked up pickup trucks. I didn't even know him. And he's like, hey, go ahead and get in the back and, and just give me directions to your house. And they lived over in Sherwood Forest there off of Five Mile. And that was a decent ways from my house at the time up on Clough. And he said, just get in the back right outside of my window and lean up and lean in my window and give me directions as we go. As we go. I don't know. I was 13, 14, whatever it was. Didn't know any better. No common sense not thinking, and he whips around this curve, and I fly out of the, out of the pickup, slam my head on the concrete where oncoming traffic could have been coming. They ran, stopped, ran up to me and said, we heard your head. It sounded like it, it exploded. And, and they said when they first grabbed me, it was wide open, all the way down my head. <laughs> For whatever reason, I said, I just got to go home. Take me home. Don't go to the hospital that's right up on five mile. Just take me home. And we went home, and my mom immediately laid hands and started praying for me. And our neighbors happened to both be doctors, and they ran over. By the time she got done praying, and by the time they got over there, the cup was this big. And I got three stitches. That's what it was after such a powerful thing. God kept me. And I'm not talking about just myself tonight. Think about yourselves and what's happened. I remember another time when I was uh, about 11, riding my bike home and over on 8 Mile on a busy section where... Cars are going pretty fast. I thought the, the road was clear, and, and, I, and I crossed. Got hit by a car going full speed. Flew up on top of the car, and, the, and the, the bike was mangled. Fell down in a ditch and got right up. The driver and his wife were mortified, crying, stunned. The police officer came, said, you got to go to the hospital. I, gotta, I can't let you go. And I was like, no, I just got to go home. I just have to go home. I was able to walk. I was completely fine. Had one scratch on my knee. Walked home. Walked in, and at that time, my mom and her friends were in the middle of a prayer meeting that they had had faithfully for years, and it happened to be that day. They stopped immediately and said, what happened? Why did we just have to go into prayer for you? Everything stopped, and we went into prayer for you just a few minutes ago. What happened? And I told them, and they said, thank God. Thank God he kept you. Thank God he's keeping us today. Right now, every decision, everything we're doing, you can be assured that God is keeping you. We don't know sometimes what's going on or why I'm running late or why I got stuck at that traffic light or why I'm stuck behind this in this traffic jam. But God's keeping you maybe from something that you don't even know is happening. We don't know why all of a sudden we wake up late one day and we're running late for work and we're in a hurry and we're frustrated. Maybe God's keeping you for something. Maybe God's keeping you from an accident, but God is keeping us. You can have faith in that. We can trust in that and know that he's keeping us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. 
Hallelujah, because it's not us. You're not going to keep yourself. I don't care how hard you try. I don't care what you think you can do, how strong you think you are. You can't keep yourself. It's God that's going to keep you. It's God that's going to protect you. It's God that's got his hand on you, that's going to be looking over you. And when you are in trouble, he's going to protect you and send his angels down to protect you and look over you. And we can rest assured in that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, mighty God, for keeping us, Lord God. And the times that I didn't even know, thank you for keeping me, Lord God. He kept me. Hallelujah. And that's what I prayed last night. It overcame me so much. He kept me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Where would I be? Where would we be? Hallelujah. And then we can easily say, well, will he continue doing this? It, it, why will you continue doing this, Lord? Why did you do this when, when I may not have been serving you? Why did you do this when, when I was lost? Will you stop? And what is it that makes you keep doing it? It's his promise. It's his covenant. And it's the lineage that we've inherited, the family that we've been born into. That's what we can look at tonight. And that's where we'll look at some scriptures to, to speak to what I'm saying and what God put on my heart and how we can trace it back to why he's keeping us all the way back to the beginning. But first we can go back to him. Jesus in the flesh and what he did and how he brought us into his family, how he told Nicodemus, what do I need to do to be saved? What do I need to do to be a, a part of this protection, to be kept by you, to have this new life, to be what you are? And he said, you must be born again. And he tells us and, and told his apostles and told Peter that I can know that I've been part of this life and I've been born in this lineage when I went down in that water and came up in his name. In the name of Jesus, that's when I know I took it on and I was born into this. When I received his Holy Ghost, his Holy Spirit at an altar, and when I repent, I know I'm staying in his family and that he's going to continue to keep me. And he's going to continue to keep you when we live that life. And we've been born into that. And we go back to Genesis. And I'm going to ask Brother Joe to put that on the screen because it's hard for me to read with these lights. But I, I want to start with Abraham. The beginning and when he gave him the blessing and made the covenant. Genesis 22 and 17 and 18. 17 says, that in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. And as the sand which is upon the sea shore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And then 18. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. That was the beginning covenant of our protection, of him keeping us, of us being born into this life and, it, and into this salvation and into this protection. But I want to look mostly at Isaac a little bit tonight because Isaac was that first seed. He was that first one, that first offspring that started all of this. It, it was God that used him. And in Genesis 25 and 11 is where we see Isaac starting. It said, And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt by the well Loharai. And then I want to look at 26, 4, and 5. And we'll see exactly what God told Abraham. He tells Isaac as well. It's the same thing. 26, 4, and 5. 
and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And then in five, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And then also Genesis 26 and 24. And the Lord appeared unto him and the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Amen. So we see that it was passed down. God gave it to Abraham and then he gave it to Isaac and then to Jacob. And that's why we see the people of Israel even today. But the children of Israel all through praying to God, praying to Yahweh. And we see the people of Israel today. They say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's where it started. That's where our lineage started. That's where we received this inheritance and this blessing. And we can stand on this and say, I'm going to stand on that. So I know that, no, God's not going to stop protecting me. He's not going to stop keeping his hands on me and keeping my family, keeping my loved ones, because we've inherited this through Jesus Christ when we were born into this new life. Born into Christ, we got to inherit these same things. And God didn't stop there. He shows us throughout, from Genesis to Revelations, how he kept his people, how he kept them through hard times. We can look at Isaac, and we can look at when, when Abraham went to, to sacrifice him. It says Isaac was a lad. The scripture said, calls him a lad at that time. That means he wasn't an infant. He, did, he, didn't, he wasn't a, a young infant or toddler that didn't really know or grasp what was going on. Isaac completely knew what was going on. But somehow he knew God's going to keep me because I've heard the stories that, that my father told me about how I was a promise and, and what my mother told me and how I was born when I should not have been born. So I know that I, I, I can stand on this and that God will keep me. And I may not understand exactly what's going on or why I'm going through this, but I'm going to walk by faith with my, my father up to Mount Moriah. And I know that he's going up here to, to have a sacrifice, to make a sacrifice to God. And I think it must be me. He could have fought. He certainly could have overtaken his, his elderly dad. But he went. And he said, you know what? God's going to keep me through this. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And, and we talk about Abraham as we should of how his faith was. And how he said, I know that God's going to provide. Even if I kill him, God's going to bring him back to life. Isaac had the same faith. He had to, to go through that and say, I'm going to walk up here with my dad. And I know that I'm the one that's going to be placed on that altar. And I know the one, I'm the one that's going to be sacrificed. But I'm going to trust God's going to keep me. And God kept him and continued to keep him on through his lineage. And we can look at all, all, all the, the, the prophets, the minor prophets, the Amoses, the Hoseas, the Jeremiahs, all through when Israel was, was falling away from God, turning away from God, and living a life that, that was unbecoming. God kept them. God kept Hosea through everything that we can read in his book that he went through. God kept Amos. God kept these prophets when they were telling Israel what's going on and what's wrong and what's happening and what God's going to do. God still kept them. And he let the people of Israel go through bondage, 
slavery, everything that they went through, but he was still keeping them. He was still keeping them. They didn't know it. They didn't understand it, why they were being attacked, losing wars, being killed, dying, children being taken, murdered, tortured, everything that was going on there, but God was keeping them. He was keeping his lineage going. He kept it going. We can see it in Ruth and Naomi. Naomi's tears, they could have been for nothing. What happened? She lost her husband and her two sons. Ruth lost her husband, but God kept them. And if he didn't, Ruth wouldn't have found Boaz and then kept that lineage going up to David. God kept David, kept him when he faced off against a bear, when he faced off against a lion, and when he faced off against a giant. When Saul tried to kill him, God kept him. It was God keeping his people throughout the ages. We see it with his prophets. We see it with his, his apostles. Stephen was being stoned, not understanding maybe exactly what was going on, but saying, Lord God, keep them. Don't judge them for this. Keep them. Keep your people. And God kept them through Paul and Saul when he was killing all the Christians and changed him to Paul to keep his people up through Wesley and Martin Luther during the dark ages when God's word was being hid from the Catholic church and not wanting people to know it. God was keeping them on up through Azusa Street when the revival and the Holy Ghost was poured out. God kept his people up through this last century and up till today. God's keeping us so we can be thankful for that. We can praise him for that, church. God is keeping us, keeping me, and I'm so thankful for the heritage, for what we've inherited, for what we have. And, and we don't have to worry and say, well, will it stop tomorrow? I've made a mistake, Lord. I, here I am. I, I've fallen again. And, and are you going to turn your back on me this time? There's too much precedence for it. It's his covenant that he made with Abraham, the scriptures that we read. It's a covenant. He's bound by that. Amen. So when we've been born into this life, born into him, this new life, taking on his name and, and receiving his Holy Spirit inside of us, we can rest assured and say, he's kept me. I know that he's kept me tonight. I know that he's kept me today. And Lord, I know when I fall, help me to get back up and know that you've kept me, Lord Jesus. Help me to know that, no, you've not turned your back on me. You're keeping me. Don't let the enemy come in and, and steal you, kill you or destroy you or your family. Yes, you may not understand or may not know why they're going through what they're going through right now, but trust that God's keeping them. Trust that he's got his hand on them and that your prayer is being heard and it's working. And you can know that, yes, God is keeping them. Think back to those times, those moments where you didn't know the way, you didn't know what the outcome was going to be, and all of a sudden, God kept you. And you can say, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I turn to you because you're the one that kept me. And don't say, well, will it stop? Will you stop today? Look back at the covenant he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and how Isaac could walk that walk with his dad up to be crucified and say, I'm just going to keep walking because I know that God has kept me. And he's proven it before. 
So I don't know what's going to happen here, but I'm going to trust God that you're going to keep me. And I'm just going to lean on that, and I'm going to say, Lord, I may not know. I may not understand it. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding, but I'm going to trust that you're going to continue to keep me. And we don't know how long he is going to tarry, church. We don't know how long it may be, but we have to stand on this, this lineage, this inheritance that we have in his name, taking on his name and say, I'm going to stand on this. I'm not going to let up. And even when I don't feel your presence, Lord, I know that you're there. And I know that you're keeping me. Sometimes we go through those stages in our life with God. We may not be sinning. We may not be away from God. But he's being quiet for a time. And we may start to wonder, Lord, have you left? Are you still with me? He's with us. The word says that he's always with us. He's bound by his word and his covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that we've inherited. So we can stand on that and say, no, it's not going to stop. I know you're with me, Lord God. I know that you're keeping me right now. And I'm so thankful, church, for that. We can rest on that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I said tonight, I'm going to be brief, and I I do want to be brief and wrap it up here, but I, I want us tonight to, to think about someone that, that needs to be kept, that we want God to be keeping right now, that we want God to be speaking to maybe right now, that we may not understand what's going on in their lives or where they are, a family member, a friend, somebody that's been on our hearts and in our minds that we've been praying for, or maybe be thankful right now for something that we're going through and saying, I don't understand what's, what's going on in my life right now, Lord. I don't know that you're with me here tonight. I don't know that you're with me here today. I want us to know that God's going to keep us. I want us to know that, that he's with us, and we can stand on that. So tonight, can we lift our hands and, and pray and think about someone just for a few minutes, Lord God, that, that we want you to keep, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, that person, Lord Jesus, as I think of myself, when I didn't know where I was going and what I was going to be, Lord God, you kept me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we stand just for a minute and keep this prayer going? Hallelujah. Can we come up to the front and bring a name up to the front tonight? I don't want to make this just a regular altar call. I want to ask us to come up tonight. And I want us to be in prayer about somebody specific tonight. I don't want this to be about a service that, that I, I'm preaching to speak in the night. I don't want it to be about a regular Bible study. God put this on my heart because he wants us to have somebody on our hearts right now. He wants us to remember that he kept us. So I know that we all have somebody in our mind right now. God's going to put them on your heart to keep them. Please, right now, pray with me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord God, thank you for keeping me, Jesus, when I was lost, Lord God. Before I was found, Lord God, you kept me, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God, I thank you for keeping me tonight, Jesus. When I was making the wrong decisions, going the wrong direction, you kept me, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus, you're worthy, Lord God. I know somebody tonight, right now, Lord God, needs you to keep them. They are not here tonight. They're not serving you tonight. But you're keeping them tonight, Lord God. Help us to seek you right now for them to call their name out to you, Lord God. I don't want to leave this moment, Lord Jesus, without knowing that you're going to keep me. Continue, let's keep me. 
If you tonight don't understand what's going on, God's keeping you. Let's seek him right now, church. Hallelujah. Let's make this right now about seeking him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Keep me, Lord God. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you for keeping me, Jesus. Hallelujah. He knows my name. Hallelujah, Lord. Keep me, Jesus. Thank you for keeping me.